Hey, this is Matt from Star Tours. You're listening to the Mousecapades Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's that time again, my friends. Time to book your ADRs and schedule your fast passes. We're going to take you on a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. It all started with one man's dream, and boy, was that a big dream. From that dream, millions of memories and in just as many smiles remind us why we love it so much. So pack your bags and don't forget your magic bands and your Mickey ears, because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades podcast with Nick and Dave. So every year, millions of people head down to Florida to visit Walt Disney World, and some of them are well-prepared, and some of them are not so well-prepared. Uh, Nick and I happen to love doing the vacation planning part of uh, planning our vacations, and we think that it builds on that anticipation, and it just really gets you excited. You have, you know, my family has the countdown every year, uh, but one of the biggest tasks of taking on a Walt Disney World vacation is the actual planning of it, and you know, as much as I'd like to have an un- unlimited budget with my vacation, there always comes into that factor of how much money can we possibly spend at the Walt Disney World Resort and still have a good time. So uh, Nick and I decided to try our hand on it this week. We gave ourselves a budget, and we said we're going to go down for five days and see what we can do with it. So we have two different approaches. We did not talk to each other in advance, and we're going to be sharing them with you today. Yeah, we did set a budget, though. We set a limit of $3,000. And uh, we found out, you know, you can actually do quite a bit under $3,000. I hope I hope Dave found that out. I know I did. Dave has not told me how much he spent on his trip. I have not told him either, but I, I, I'm kind of giving it away right now. Mine did come under budget. I don't know if Dave's went over, but uh, this episode should be very interesting. Yeah, so we decided to challenge ourselves with that $3,000 budget. You know, many folks go down there and they spend way more than $3,000, and and that's super easy to do. But uh, Nick and I, we first went into the whole process and said, okay, how about we set our budget at $2,500? And when we got in there, we just realized that it's really difficult to stay down there for the length of time we wanted to stay and still stay under $2,500. I mean, you'd have to starve yourself all week. You could could do the lodging, you could do the tickets, but there's no way you're eating at Disney for... um, for the price that we originally said. So we talked to each other and we, we were uh, debating on whether to up our budget. In the end, we kind of decided to come up to $3,000. Uh, so that's our baseline and we're hoping to stay on a budget for that and, and maximize and do the things that we love to do. So we're, we're excited to share that with you guys today. Yeah, you know, and we've been preaching a lot on this podcast. It seems like recently, Dave, how Disney is just 
pushing out the middle class to have a really truly great experience at Walt Disney World. And I kind of still hold uh, to that, you know, thought. But after doing some digging and, and really, you know, putting some things aside that I normally would do to fit in a lower budgeted vacation, you can honestly do a lot under $3,000. And I was quite surprised. Yeah, it's amazing some of the things that you can do and, and still get away with the budget that you're in. So we're excited to share that with you today. But first, Nick, let's talk about some news. Okay, so apparently there's been yet another accident on the monorail, monorail coral. Uh, the tow tractor is to blame for the monorail coral's front end that is now smashed in. No injuries, no guests were involved in the accident. This accident took place near the transportation and ticket center. Really? That's pretty rare for them to have those accidents, right? I can only think of one in history. Yeah, and apparently, I guess it's the same monorail, monorail coral, that was involved in the last one. Uh, so, you know, that would be a, a cool episode in itself. Ooh, to do a, you know, to do a episode on that monorail. Is it cursed? Is it doomed? <laughs> the, the history of the monorail accidents. Yeah, we should do that. But I, I thought this was interesting. There's a picture. Go ahead and Google it. You can find it on Twitter as well. And the, the nose, the cone is kind of smashed in. So interesting. I'm just glad no one was hurt. Moving on. And Dave, you know, I'm kind of stealing your thunder. So I apologize. You uh, snuck in my classroom the other day while I was working with a group of kiddos at the back table and uh, spooked me actually from behind, <laughs> throwing your hands on my shoulders. And I kind of jumped a little bit out of my seat. But uh, Bob Iger, uh, you told me and yes, it's confirmed because I looked it up. Not that I didn't believe you, but uh, Bob Iger is going to be the chairman of the initiative to get an NFL stadium in LA for the Raiders and Chargers. And that is good news for St. Louisans because that means that we're just that much closer to having the almost, I almost said it, Dave. I almost said the Los Angeles Rams, (laughs) the St. Louis Rams here staying in St. Louis. That's right. That was a big day earlier this week. And I've been following the whole Rams move back to LA situation really carefully, you know, being a diehard St. Louis Rams fan. And that's tough to do nowadays, but uh, I am. And when I saw the news that Bob Iger um, was going to be leading the charge, I thought to myself, this was the day that St. Louis Rams were saved by Disney. So that was awesome. Also, one more thing to add, Dave. You know, last week we reported on a journalist who wrote an article about her the worst time in forever or something like that, her vacation trip. Did she seek you out? No, but we have heard from our listeners, and uh, we've had we've had a couple of responses from listeners saying that that journalist was totally full of crap. <laughs> I don't, I I believe that for sure. I was I was hoping that you were going to say she actually sent me a message on Twitter and told me to leave her alone. So one listener in particular that I that I want to thank just for you know kind of uh, seeking us out and saying yeah that journalist was was full of crap. Uh, Joey, thanks Joey, thanks for listening and uh, thanks for responding. And Dave, that's all I have for you in the news, dude. All right, let's take a trip back. Jake us back. We're traveling backwards in time. Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So if your imagination is ready, here we go. You know, Nick, when I was doing my research this week for Disney history, uh, I came across a ton of stories about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Being that time of year, you know, that it seems like there's a ton of events that happen with different floats and different characters showing up and different, you know, musical routines going on. Um, I'm going to skip all of them except for this one right here. I thought that this was hilarious. 1962, November 22nd, 1962, there was a Donald Duck balloon going through the straits of downtown New York. 
and it was raining that day, and what happened was a bunch of water collected in Donald Duck's hat, and eventually it had to pour out, so it poured all over the spectators on the sidelines. It dumped over 50 gallons of water on these people's heads. That is awesome. That was the that, one that I picked out. I thought that was pretty sweet. <laughs> that reminds me of my college days when I used to climb on top. Well, we didn't climb. We had a door to the, to the top of the roof at uh, Linwood University, and we filled trash bags up with water and dropped them on, <laughs> on people that were walking to class. Where they fall on people? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> That's got to hurt. Um, so, sticking with November 22nd, 1963, this is one year later after the famed Donald Duck balloon incident, I guess. Um Walt Disney and his crew were flying over Central Florida still, um, trying to figure out a place that they were going to be building uh, what they called the Florida Project. They decided that it was not going to be able to be built on the coast like they originally had intended, and they did find themselves a place. On their way back to California, they landed in New Orleans to refuel, and they realized when they landed in New Orleans that the president had been shot. So President Kennedy was shot that same day, and... um, you know, if you've seen the movie JFK, you know that there's strong ties in New Orleans. So there's a lot of conspiracy theories going on with that, too. And uh, that was how Walt Disney found out. And the mood, however somber it was on their way back from New Orleans back to L.A., uh, they still did talk about the project and where it was going to be built. And they're getting close to a final decision at this point as to where they were going to be building Disney World, uh, what they call, like I said, at this time, the Florida Project. So that happened on November 22nd of 1963. You know, in the last couple of weeks, I've talked to you about how this must be the time of year where movies make their debuts. I remember that, Dave. Yeah, so what's up? Yeah, we have a, quite a few here. So November 22nd of 1991, we've got one of the greats, Beauty and the Beast. Also on November 22nd, 1995, was the start of a dynasty. Toy Story is released. Yeah, absolutely love that film. I can remember in high school... I worked at uh, the local movie theater, you know, the one right down here off yeah. 94, yeah. Uh, St. Charles 18, right? And uh, I used to just stand in and, and watch that movie, like, practically my whole entire shift. That and The Matrix when it came out. When The Matrix came out, I, I watched that too. I actually took off my uniform and just sat in the seat and then watched it again. It was awesome. But anywho, have you have you seen, by the way, I know you want to you get back to the news here, the difference from the very first Toy Story and the latest one on just the, the graphics and everything. It yeah, looks it's a, incredible. It looks amazing. The more fluid and everything. The more animated. Yeah, and this, to me, is where, you know, uh, John Lasseter became a household name with Toy Story, right? Yeah, this was his very, like, this was his first yeah, major uh, film, you know, as far as computer animation. And it was a huge hit. And it was this is the first time that he had worked with Disney again since leaving Disney, right? Yeah, he left after Rescues Down Under because that uh, film was almost 100%, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, almost 100% animated, and that film in itself didn't do too well whatsoever. So John Lasseter was asked to stop tapping into that computer animation stuff, that foo-foo stuff, no one wants that anyway. Well, he thought that that was the next gen, you know, the the up-and-coming, everyone was going to want that later on. And uh, he was absolutely right. He left to go do his own thing, did some side projects, you know, um, worked on Listerine commercials to fund Pixar, and eventually came out with Toy Story. And you know what? The rest is history, Dave. Yeah, he's the man, John Lasseter. All right, moving on. November 24, 2010, another movie debut. This one, the 50th animated classic, 
Tangled. Now, I don't know about you, but I love this movie. I think the soundtrack is pretty sweet. Um, you know, it's not in top five or anything like that, but as far as recent movies, I think it's one of the better ones. Yeah, definitely an underdog, but you know what? You put any child or any adult in front of the television and make them watch that film, they will all say the exact same thing. Where has this been? I absolutely love this cartoon. Definitely an underdog, uh, one of the best kept secrets as far as Disney films. Hey, and one hell of a bathroom too, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, November 25th of 1992, this was Aladdin's debut. I'm telling you, man, this is this week and last week were the week of film releases. Aladdin, all-time classic. You know, we can sit and watch Aladdin just re-released on Blu-ray. My family's got it. You ain't never had a friend like me, buddy. Yeah, I absolutely love that cartoon. Prince Ali. And the end of an era, November 25th, 1996. The last day for Disneyland's Main Street Electrical Parade. Now, I grew up with this. This was a highlight every year when I was a kid growing up to sit in front of Frontierland and watch the parade come through. Um, it left for a while. It came back for a while. You know, Spectro Magic's pretty sweet, too, but I am a Main Street Electrical Parade man. <laughs> Me, too. I, I love that parade. I'm glad it came back. Thinking of, speaking of things that have come and gone, finally, 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 and you can talk to your, your boy Mike about this, Captain EO is gone. I forgot to mention that in the news, and I am so glad it is gone. It's being replaced yet again with different Pixar shorts and trailers and stuff like that, so you can go in to see what films are on the upcoming. But I am glad EO is gone. Sorry, Captain EO. See ya. Yeah, dude, Captain EO is bad. All right, uh, we've got another one for you here. I thought this one was kind of interesting. November 26, 1971, the uh, Orlando Evening Star reports that the monster crowds close down Disney's gates. Now, I've been at Disney World many a times, and I've thought to myself over and over, this has got to be breaking the fire code. It's been so crowded. But apparently this actually happened November 26, 1971. They shut the place down because there was too many people in it. Well, I don't think that they don't shut it down. They, just don't, they don't allow any more individuals in. So, like, I think if, like, ten people leave the park, they can bring ten more people in, right? That's how it works. Yeah, yeah, they just yeah, shut the okay. gate off. But, okay. I've ne- but I've never actually seen that where... They've said, no, you can't come in. We're at capacity right now. Well, apparently it happens more more than you think, Dave. Definitely during the summer months, like we how we planned our vacation in July. Right. It happens uh, often, from what I've heard from people who live down there, uh, during their peak season. Wow. Yeah, I did not know that they did that. So um, that's kind of crazy to me. I would, You know, I'd hate to go down there, plan this trip like we just did this week, plan this trip, and get down there, get all the way to the front gates. Go to buy your tickets and them say, mm, sorry, you can't come in today. No, 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 no. See, that's the thing. If, if if you go ahead and plan your Disney vacation and you you buy the package, you, you get the wristbands, you have your dining meal, you're already locked in. You're locked in for those tickets. So they already factor your number in that day. So like that day, they could say, all right, I don't know, what's the what's the fire code? How many people are allowed in the park? No How idea, many man. hundreds of thousands? Yeah. Okay, so... There's already going to be, when we when we rope, do the rope drop this morning, we already know there's going to be 112,000 people already locked in today. So you it's know? just walk-ups that miss out. Yes. All right. All right, we got another movie debut here, and this is the most recent one. What is up with you and movies, I'm man? The last you, man. two weeks. I'm telling you, this is the week. Uh, November 27th, ni- uh, 2013, Frozen. Need we say more? Let's move on. All right, man. The last thing I have for you on this week in Disney history... Um, this was on the same day of Frozen now, I'm telling you. Two big things happened. Not only Frozen, we also have turnstile-free entry. 
into the Magic Kingdom. No more turnstiles. Oh, well, yeah, that just reduces the whole bottleneck thing that would go on there. It would just back up the line. So, yeah, you want that turnstile free so more people can move in. I think it's done justice. It's done really, it's done wonders for the park, you know? Being your band and you're done. Whatever that was. (laughs) Thanks for the history, buddy. Ole, ole, it's go time. In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing, birds and the flowers croon. In the tiki 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 room, welcome to our tropical hideaway, you lucky people, you. If we weren't in the show starting right away, we'd be the audience too. All together in the tiki 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 room, in the tiki. All right, it is tiki time. John the Tiki Garden. He has been waiting patiently to talk to us. He is our Walt Disney World insider. If you want to watch some awesome periscopes, just go ahead and search for John Tiki Garden. Hey, John, how you doing, bud? I'm doing really good. How are you guys doing? Doing awesome. Wonderful. Awesome. So uh, you have you've had a pretty busy week, my friend. Why don't you tell listeners what you've been up to? Yeah, yeah, we've we've had we've had a lot going on, especially since last week. Last Wednesday, we attended the Christmas taping. And we definitely got on camera for it. It was an awesome experience. We saw Seal perform, and I threw my son up. I, I threw my son up on uh, on my shoulders when he started performing, and the camera definitely panned in on us at one point. So for everybody listening, definitely check that out. Christmas Day, you'll uh, if you see a kid, uh, a two-year-old kid on someone's shoulders, that's that's us. So where were you located at for that? I want to check it out. Yeah, so they um, did it right in front of the castle, and we were uh, like all the way towards the left. But they had created a, like a one-day stage right in front of the castle for it, like right. a special one. Hmm. But it was really cool. It was fun. That's awesome. I just can't believe and, Seal is still performing. Yeah, so I mean, you know, we like we had that going on for the Christmas Day, and one one of the really cool things we've done in the past week is. Yesterday, my wife and I had an opportunity to go meet up with Marty Sklar. Yeah, I saw that on your periscoping. So he was doing book signing? Is that how it went down? Yeah, so he's got a new book that came out called One Little Spark. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't had an opportunity to see what the book's about uh, or even open it up to start reading it at this point. But book apparently just came out and he was at Hollywood Studios on Tuesday and then at uh, Disney Springs on Wednesday and we went and got to meet him and got some pictures and got him to autograph a book for my son so it was a really neat experience super cool guy um, he, he had an awesome Epcot jumpsuit on you're talking about a guy that walked with Walt Disney as they were surveying the property for for Disney World that's that's incredible I know. My my wife and I, we feel super spoiled. So since moving here in July, we've met Marty Sklar and Joe Rohde. So the next the next big one that we're hoping to get knocked off our bucket list is Tony Baxter. I, I know he doesn't come I down guess. to Florida too often, but that's, that's the next one we really hope we get an opportunity to meet. That would be amazing. So do you have like a checklist of, of famous Disney folks that you are uh, you're wanting to see? I, you know, I I would love to meet Rolly Crump, too. Yeah. I would love to meet Rolly Crump, but I get, you know, a lot of those guys don't come down to Florida too right. often, except for if something's going on, like a, a big event or something like that. But yeah, I mean, just Tony Baxter, Rolly Crump. Um, no, I'm trying to think of some of the other people 
that are still around, but those are the two that come to mind that, you know, we would really like to meet. Hey, I got to tell you, I saw one of your scopes yesterday. I think you broke the world record online for saying the word pork shank. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that was my breaking news. I had to let everybody know that. I was, <laughs> I'm absolutely disgusted. I'm shocked. The pork shank has gone from Gaston's Tavern. I, I, I'm so sad. And they've replaced it with some beef stew. Beef stew? It sounded like yeah, even the workers inside Gaston's Tavern were with you. They were like, yeah, we should bring it back. <laughs> I know. Wasn't that funny? I just yeah. uh, I, I couldn't believe it. Right, right when we got to Magic Kingdom, um, our friend, my friend Gene was telling me about it, that they got rid of it. I was just completely shocked. But, oh, well, that's, that's what they do. You know, people like something and they take it away. Speaking of uh, breaking records there, buddy, how are you doing on breaking Gary Estrada's record for most rides through the Haunted Mansion? I'm struggling. <laughs> oh, I'm really struggling. Not what we so, want to hear. You know, I was going to ask you, too. Re- refresh my memory. What year, like, what year did he do this? Like, oh, take me, I'm trying to remember. It was like, recent, was it, right, Dave? Either the 70s or... No, no, uh, no, it was recent. I Here. can't remember. You know what? You guys keep talking. I'll look that up. Okay, all right, yeah, go ahead and look right. that up. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, how many times have you fit that right in the past two weeks since the last time you've been on the show, bud? Uh, man, I'm only up to 11 at this point. And I was gonna, I was going to say, you know what I'm going to hang my hat on with it is, I don't know if he broke, because I, I, I can't remember when he broke the record, but if it was a while ago, I'm going to hang my hat on the theory that he didn't have as much to do like I do in present day Orlando or the I mean, traffic or the traffic, you know, just the, the lines. The, yeah, exactly. The traffic getting down there and everything like that. But I mean, you know, it's so difficult. There's so many choices of things to do and parks to go. And, you know, uh, here in Orlando, right. not just Disney world, obviously, but universal. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'm definitely not giving up. Uh, we have some family, Actually, my family's coming into town early December, and my wife's family's coming into town in the middle of December, so we're going to be going to the parks a ton for those two weeks. I have vacation time, so I'm hoping I'll be able to pad my numbers up quite a bit during that time period, but it's really <laughs> tough working a 9-to-5 job Monday through Friday. So, in 2005, 2005. Yeah, see, I thought it was recent. It was about 10 years ago. Holy cow. Well, that guy, whew, never mind. I... For some reason, I thought it was a long time ago, but wow, that's that's pretty impressive with all the other options that are around. So I know this is kind of old news, but um, I think we forgot to talk about it last time, if I'm not mistaken. You maybe we maybe we didn't. I don't know. Um, you sent me a, a picture of some dude, actually a video climbing the pyramid over in Epcot. The right? Did we talk about that? No, we didn't. We didn't talk about it last time. So that had. I think that happened like last Monday or Tuesday, I want to say. And I wound up going to Epcot that Wednesday after it happened. But for the, for those everybody out there that didn't hear about it, uh, Food and Wine Festival kind of brings out the best and, well, probably more so the worst in people with, between all the heat and excessive drinking. And apparently some guy climbed the pyramid at the Mexico Pavilion, could just completely scaled up the front of it and... They did not find him from what all the reports were that I oh, saw. Nice. And now they have a um, security guard stationed in front of the pavilion at all times, as well as they've uh, put up no climbing signs on the pyramid yeah. as well. Yeah, can you, I, uh, can you go around I back? 
I had a parent that uh, I was talking to today. My class went on a field trip, and she was actually there when the night that the guy decided to climb the, the pavilion. And she said the next day they had signs up that said, please don't climb. <laughs> like it was going to stop that guy or something. I know. It's it's so crazy. And what's funny, when I asked the uh, security guard that was in front of the pyramid um, if she was there or, you know, heard about it or whatever, they uh, <laughs> they're not allowed to talk about it or discuss the incident with what happened whatsoever. She just kept referring to it as the incident and that she didn't have a comment pertaining to it. Well, Disney's uh, definitely behind the times, because I know in Chichen Itza, you haven't been able to climb that pyramid for at least 11 years. <laughs> Anywho, man. So, uh, yeah, your scopes have been have been pretty fun, man. Uh, you've been scoping quite quite a bit. It seems like you've upped your scopes. Uh, in the past week or so, and um, listeners, if if you want to see some pretty cool scopes, you know, again, just follow John's. I, I believe it's just John underscore Tiki Garden, correct? No, so it's actually um, at the underscore Tiki underscore Garden, or you can just search the Tiki Garden. Yeah, I think I just punched in like Tiki Garden, he popped right up. But uh, they've been pretty yeah, fun, man. Yeah, having a good time doing it. Hey, buddy. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it, bud. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. I'll talk to y'all later. And that was John at Tiki Garden. You heard him, man. He's had a pretty interesting week. He had a lot to discuss. Go ahead and follow him on Periscope. Just go ahead and type in John Tiki Garden. He'll pop right up. He's got some really interesting, some really cool scopes. Hi, this is Marco, so if I start towards... I don't listen to podcasts often, but when I do, I listen to Mousecapades. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, check this out. Have an idea, question, or want to share your experiences on the show? Contact Nick and Dave anytime. Email them at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Text them at 407-674-0414. Follow Nick and Dave on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Listen to Nick and Dave on iTunes, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Now, from the Mousecapades Studios, here are your hosts, Nick and Dave. Okay, folks, we're jumping right into it this week. We already told you that Nick and I really enjoy planning out these Disney vacations, so we tried our hands this week, and the uh, rules of the game for Nick and I are this. $3,000 to spend, five nights accommodations, park tickets, unspecified amount of days on park tickets, and three meals a day. Yeah, and I absolutely love this part of the trip. It's the whole planning aspect of it. You plan for like six months ahead of time or even more, and then you count down the days until it's time to execute, you know? It's like developing a war plan, and then you execute it, and it's filled with, think of it as a chessboard, you know, when you're just you're moving your pawns and you're moving your pieces until finally the end of the vacation, checkmate, boom, you know, vacation's over, you had a wonderful time, time to pack up, time to go home. It's the whole logistics part of it. I absolutely love it. I love how you can plan everything down to your meals. Love it, love it, love it, love it. 
And you forgot to mention, when the trip's over, that's when the depression sets in. <laughs> yeah, that is when the depression sets in, and you look at your bank account, and it's a little smaller than than previously, or a little lower than previously. And so you, you do have Walt Disney depression or blues or whatnot, and then you look at your account, and bam, you're hit up again. You're like, wow, I have no money left, and I'm not on vacation. I need to take another vacation. <laughs> All right, so that's where Nick and I step in this week. We have put ourselves on a pretty limited budget. We decided to go with $3,000 for this, and we're going to tell you today how far we can stretch our dollars. So we're going to start with my trip, I think, if that's all right, Nick. Yeah, that's fine. We'll go with yours. Go ahead. All right, so we've got five nights staying, and you know I debated going with the Valley Resort because we are on that shoestring budget, but when I looked at the prices on the different resorts, it was 50 bucks a day to stay at a moderate resort. So for 50 extra bucks a day, I thought it was worth it because, you know, when you're staying there for five days, you can't do parks from sunup to sundown. So you have to have some downtime. So here's what we did. We're staying at the Caribbean Beach Resort. Nice, really? Yeah, All we right, stayed cool. there with my family in 2010, had a blast, beautiful place. Love the little food court area they had there. Had good stuff. You can eat out by, you know, eat out by the water if you want to. Um, their pool is pretty cool. So that's where I decided to go. Well, what kind of room are we talking? Are we talking poolside? Are we talking nope, next just, to the food court? Or is it a standard room? What's standard, going on here? Just a standard room. And then we're going to plan on hitting up the uh, the front desk and telling them in advance that we'd like to be in this uh, certain area. And I know that they have something like five or six different countries that you can stay in there. And I think we stayed in Mozambique, Martinique last time. I can't remember. I'll have to look at the map. So, how much a night did it come out to as far as staying at this resort? So, that one was 200 bucks a night. Okay. All right. Um, so, we're going to stay there five nights and in standard room, like we said, and um, then we're going to hit up a park every day. No hoppers for me. One park a day. We've got five days of parks. We're going Ma- uh, to hit up Magic Kingdom two days, the first and the last day of our trip. Now, is there a reason why you picked the first and last day? Just because you want to start off on a high note and end on a high note? That's right. So okay. all this anticipation goes down. You've got the 100-day countdown in my family. And when you, you get down there, you can go You know, you know, can go a different route. But why not just go for the jewel? You're going to hit it twice anyway. So do it the first day. You can do it at a leisurely pace on that first day and kind of ease your way in because you know that you have that second time to get to that park as well. And, you know, a lot of people do that. They go with, you know, with that perspective. I'm going to start on a high note on my vacation and end on a high note. Other people take a different uh, approach, and I'll explain that later with my vacation. But let's backtrack, Dave. You forgot to tell the listeners, are you flying? Are you driving? What's going on? Oh, so we're driving. You know, the uh, the $3,000 budget cannot be met when you have four people in your family because Nick and I agreed that we would have two adults, two children, and in, in the price of the uh, vacation. So for that price, from where we live, you're probably looking at about $1,000 to fly down there. So oh, even more than that, Dave. Yeah. I mean, especially during the months that we set. I yeah, mean, that's still it's peak season for, for the airlines as well. So you're, you're going to be spending about $300 a ticket. Um, so it's a little over 1000 But yeah, we thought we would go with four to a family because that was the average per family visiting the parks. All right. So my family is going to be going to Magic Kingdom on the first day. Uh, the three fast passes that I selected for our first day were Splash Mountain, Seven Dwarves Mine Train, and the Winnie the Pooh ride. Now, is that in order? Is that how you would actually execute those fast passes? Yeah, probably not. I probably, you know, we'd have to take what they get, obviously, but I think I'd probably go with Seven Dwarves Mine Train first because it's such a popular ride. Get it early in the morning before it has a chance to break down, maybe. Um, and then 
you know, we're right across the way from Winnie the Pooh, so we'd probably go there next. We'd hit up all the Fantasyland stuff um, after we get off Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And with Winnie the Pooh, we're out of Fantasyland by probably, I'd say, 11 at the latest. Okay, so you're even scheduling different lands throughout the day as well, what yeah. time you should be in and out. Okay. Yeah, so, the you know, one of the big mistakes I think a lot of people make is that they run themselves ragged going from this land to that land, this land, that land, and all over the place. When I think that if you just stay put, kind of hit up all the attractions in one area, especially early in the morning like that, if you get there, you know, at rope drop in the morning, you don't want to spend that prime time when there's not as much crowd, you know, running from land to land. So it's nice and slow, steady pace early in the morning. Um, the crowds are not there like they are at midday. So go to one, pl- go to one land, whatever your favorite land is, I recommend go there and do everything there is in that one land while you can in the morning when the crowd is light. And you just mentioned a good point, rope drop. You know, a lot of people stick around and watch the rope drop. Um, which you do, you are corralled in like one area like cattle. But one thing you can do, Dave, you can go all the way up front. People aren't standing in line at that point already. They're watching the rope drop. I would say if you've already seen it before, if you haven't, definitely watch it. Get the best seat in the house right up front and so you can see the whole thing and then just wait your turn inside the park. But if you've seen it before, get there at rope drop, but just start standing in line to make sure that you're ready to rock and roll. All right, so on day one, I kind of told you what my fast passes were, but I forgot to tell you that before we leave our resort, we're going to hit breakfast, and we're going to go to the food court at the Caribbean Beach Resort. We're going to go to Old Port Royale, grab us, you know, muffins, some juice, some fruit, whatever, and uh, then we're going to make our way. you got to have that morning coffee, too. So make your way there. Um, Hit up all the rides that you can in the morning, like I said, and then right around midday, we hit the family up with a surprise that we're going to be going to the Be Our Guest restaurant for reservations. Yeah, I absolutely love that restaurant, and I'll just tell you right now, that's in my plans as well. So you're on day one. Let's get towards the afternoon, man. Yeah, so you know, I'm not going to get into all the details about all the rides that you're going to do because especially having two days at Magic Kingdom, you know, there's some stables that ever that everybody does. There's some f- personal favorites that people do too. Um, you know, this is a theoretical vacation, so I'm going to just skip you skip out on the details of all of the different rides that you would ride one by one. I didn't get that detailed in my plans. But I would like, Dave, I would like to do another show just on breaking down the day hour by hour. I think that would be great. We haven't really done a trip planning uh, show. And, I mean, this this is our very first one where we've kind of talked about trip planning. Right. I would like to do another one with, like, tips and tricks and things like that. So this is exciting stuff. Listeners, we'll get into that later on. Yeah, we can do that for sure. And, you know, one of the things that I like to do, we've been talking a lot here lately about how we have to plan out every little thing for this trip. I do like to leave a little bit of spontaneity, you know, plan your fast passes for sure. And if there's, you know, things that you would like to have fast passes after you use all three of yours, go for it. Plan that kind of stuff out. However, it's also nice to be able to just go around to some places and say, hey, I want to do this. Okay, let's do that. You know, spur of the moment type of stuff. That's good too. So, um, like I said, we're going to go to Be Our Guest Restaurant. It's new, but it's so awesome. You get inside, you see all the different rooms. We ate in the uh, ballroom for the uh, for lunch the last time my family went. Got to have the gray stuff, you know. They say it's delicious, and it is. And Double hate me? Yeah, and that's the dishes. And my, wi- and my wife and my daughter, they can vouch for that. Uh, Mia was super excited to try the gray stuff. We got a nice picture of her stuff in her face with the gray stuff. And uh, so then, you know, the day continues. From that big lunch, it's pretty, pretty good. It lasts a little bit longer. So we're going to hold off, and then, you know, towards later evening probably we're gonna go by uh sleepy hollow sleepy hollow and get us some chicken and waffles 
Nice. Now this is for your quick service. This is quick service. Okay. Meal, right. Okay. So, so the breakdown on the meals, you know, food court in the morning is going to be, be about 25 bucks for breakfast. Also, that wasn't your snack. You're not using your snack for, well, you didn't even tell the listener your dining plan. Yeah. See, I'm not on dining plan. We're doing cash oh, only. Oh, okay. So you're not on a dining plan. That's how you and I differ as well. Yeah. So we okay. are, we're all about saving the money. So we're going to do this, you know, straight out of our pockets. And uh, we're going to make our way that way. So we, we did food court in the morning for 25 Be Our Guest Restaurant ran us about 75 And Sleepy Hollow Chicken and Waffles is going to run us about 30 So um, day one of my trip is going to be about $569. That's for lodging, tickets, and meals. For four people, it's going to be more than $30. Dave. No, dude, I looked these up on WDW Info and got the menus and put down everything that everybody wanted. Tax and... See, like, that's the one that's, thing I didn't include. It's going to be like $3 a person. At times, it's an extra 12 bucks. Yeah, so I did not include tax in any of mine because who knows what the tax really is going to be. And that's where I might go over budget because my budget is smack at three grand. Oh, oh, don't tell. Oh, you just you just gave it up. I was hoping you'd, you'd tell us at the very end. Oh. I that and listeners, I didn't even know that until just now. I did not know his trip was right around three thousand dollars. So I just found out along alongside you guys. All right, so let's move on to Tuesday. Yeah, so Tuesday again, we wake up at Caribbean Beach Resort. We uh, hit up the food court one more time because, you know, the last time my family was there, they had a lot of stuff. And you can get more than just, you know, muffin or donut or whatever. We got Mickey waffles one day there. So um, you can go to some of these higher-priced restaurants for breakfast, but if you just need your quick Mickey waffles and out the door, it works for you. So we're going there for breakfast again the second day. And the second day, we're heading to Disney Hollywood Studios. A little change of pace, you know, Magic Kingdom's fast paced big crowds Disney Hollywood Studios is going to be a little less crowded still get there early in the morning so you can take advantage of everything you do um, but we're going to get there again for rope drop in the morning because we'll do that and then uh, our three fast passes for the day we're going to be Tower of Terror Toy Story Mania and Star Tours now ideally I would love to do Tower of Terror Toy Story Mania and Rock and Roller Coaster however you can't get all three of them because they're tiered fast pass systems. So let's we'll stand in line for uh, Rock and Roller Coaster on this one. All right, day three. Oh man, I gotta tell you my meals. Oh, oh, that's right, we got meals. So the big meal of the day, and I tried to do that. I tried to do one bigger meal of the day for each day of my trip. So the big meal for this day is going to be lunch, and we're going to the Fifties Primetime Cafe. Um, this is a place I have not been to, and my wife's dying to get into it. The last couple of trips we went. Uh, we thought about booking a place there, and then we went elsewhere because we had, you know, kids with bigger needs. So we ended up going to the character meals. So this time we're doing it, man. Fifties primetime diner, and then for dinner later that night, we're just gonna go to Backlot Express, grab ourselves a burger or something like that, and be on our way. But yeah, this uh, this trip we try and do one quick service meal, one kind of a bigger meal, and sometimes it might be, still be quick service, but a, a bigger meal or a bigger to do, I guess you would say. And then, you know, our breakfast in the morning, it's just snacks. Like it's, like I said, you can get waffle, Mickey waffles that you want. If you, if you don't want, you can get a muffin. The biggest thing that we're going to do on our trip, and this is not included in my budget, but we're going to bring things like granola bars and pretzels and things like that to snack on because throughout the day, you're going to get hungry. If you don't have three square meals, you might get hungry and nobody likes someone that's nagging you to be eaten when you still have an hour, hour and a half before your, uh, your meal is ready for you. Yeah, that's why you bring snacks. All right, man, so we're moving on day three. Going to speed this up a bit. We're going to Epcot on day three. We're going to start this morning, though, over by Magic Kingdom. We're going to the Ohana Character Breakfast. Let me tell you, if you haven't done a character breakfast, it's a lifesaver. 
I will never go back to Disney with small children and not do a character breakfast. You save time because you don't have to stand in all of those lines at the parks. And in the end, you save money too because you don't have to buy extra days tickets standing in all those lines for characters. So um, breakfast is great at Ohana. They serve it family style. They have everything you want. You, If you run out, they bring you more. The juice there is amazing. What do they call that stuff? Oh, the, I call it Stitch Juice. Yeah, I don't know. see, last time we were at Tusker House, and they called it Jamba Juice, I think. Yeah, it's, I think it just changes wherever you're at. Yeah, so it's like guava, orange juice, and pineapple juice. Oh, man, that stuff is amazing. I could drink five gallons of it. You know, you can make it. I uh, you know, I just went down to the grocery store a couple months ago and made a whole pitcher of that stuff. And Did it taste like I, Disney? It, it did. It was really close. I mean, it wasn't it, but you could tell it tasted like it. And, uh, I mean, it was enough to fool your brain, but we had an Ohana breakfast. We got out the, we broke out the waffle, the Mickey waffle maker and had the eggs. And we even had it family style and served it with the family just for a fun night, family fun night. It was fun. Look at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every once in a while I get the shakes for the Jamba Juice, you know, I got to get me some. (laughs) All right, so we're in Epcot. Our fast passes that day are Soarin', Mission Space, and Spaceship Earth. Um, We're going to stop in France and at their bakery and have some snacks there for the afternoon. And then probably get just an early dinner at the Nine Dragons. Also, a place that I've never been to. However, you know, that's one thing I like about vacations at Disney is that there's always something new that you haven't tried. So I was trying to fit some things in. You know, you have your favorites, but there's some new things that you haven't tried. And this trip, Nine Dragons. That moves us on to day number four. And let me tell you, our vacations go just about this fast, I think. Uh, Day four, Animal Kingdom. We got ourselves a half day here, you know, because Animal Kingdom is not full day. So we'll be spending some time at the resort this day. We're going to start off at the resort again. This is a theme. We're going back to the food court, Old Port Royale, for breakfast. And uh, this time we're going to up our budget a little bit more. So this time, because we're not at the parks all day to get that huge meal, that huge, like, sit-down meal, we're going to spend a little bit more on breakfast. Then when we're in Animal Kingdom, we're going to um, just stop and get a snack while we're in there. And then right before we leave Animal Kingdom, we're going to Flame Tree Barbecue. Did I tell you Fast Passes? Fast Passes for this. We're going to go Safari, Everest, and Dino. And let me tell you, those are the only three rides worth riding in that whole place. So those are great. We The last time we went, my family went to these three rides, and we were out of there by like 1030 in the morning. Well, that's only a half-day park anyway. Wait till Avatar Land, you know, is finally finished. Sure. And you can spend a whole day there. Yeah, so we're going to spend some time at the resort that night. And, uh, you know, just take advantage of the things that they have at the resort. Wake up refreshed for our last day of the trip, day five. We're going back to Magic Kingdom on this one. You know, there's just so many attractions at Magic Kingdom that you can do that you just can't fit them into one day without driving yourself crazy. So we're going back there for the last day of my trip. We're going to Kona Cafe at the Polynesian, grab some coffee and some stuff in the morning. Then we're going to be going to Pecos Bills for lunch. Had myself a nice burrito there last time, and it... uh Probably was enough for myself and one of my kids, but I ate the whole thing myself anyway. And then for dinner that night, we're going to Columbia Harbor House, uh, which is a staple in my family as well. Three fast passes that day. We're going Peter Pan, It's a Small World, Space Mountain. And then hopefully we can add on some fast passes, you know, later in the day after we hit up those three rides. Had to throw some kid ride, you know, some small kid rides in there when we went to Magic Kingdom. So that's why we got things like Winnie the Pooh and, you know, It's a Small World. So we got those kind of things to, to just to please the whole family and so it's not all about me and Space Mountain the whole time. And that's my five days, man. All right, so move aside, Dave. So you spent a total of how much? How 3000 exactly. Uh, on the money? <laughs> 3000 on the money? 3000 really? Now, I'm telling you, that does not include taxes because I couldn't figure out how to do taxes, but 
we're going to go ahead and say three grand on the nose. Okay, well, mine does include taxes, and I I cheated a little a little bit. I I actually got logged on to the the Disney Travel Agents website that the call center actually logs into. Um, so I kind of logged into that to figure it all out. So mine is with taxes. I will tell you that. Uh, I am not flying. I am driving. But one thing you did not factor in, Dave, is gas, gas and yeah. mileage, which will cost you about three three fifty. Just to give you a heads up. Um, so you can tack on an extra three to three hundred and fifty dollars onto that three thousand dollar price. Yeah, but gas is driving by the minute. Yeah, it always goes up though in the summertime. You know that, dude. <laughs> um, I did not factor in gas as well, and I just thought of that. So yeah, so you can add at least three to three fifty onto both of ours. So this is just what we're paying Disney. Okay. Just yeah. Just I was wrapping up like actual finances on the whole entire trip, start to finish, driveway to driveway. But uh, all right, so here we go. I am on the plan. I decided to stay at a value resort. I don't mind because you're just laying your head down for a couple hours, maybe six hours max a night to get back up the next day on on a pillow. So it could be on a bench, all I care, outside a resort or or on the Main Street USA, uh, sleeping like a homeless dude. But I, I picked, I selected Disney's Pop Century Resort and just a standard room. I'm not going to ask for poolside because that will cost you extra. Or I'm not going to ask to be closer to concierge or the food court. That's going to cost you extra as well. So I went with just a standard room. Yeah, and I agree with that. At any of the places, I mean, unless you're staying at a deluxe where you can face Magic Kingdom or you want a, fire, a place where you can see the fireworks from your balcony, just go with your standard room because no matter where you stay, you're not that far away from the action. And I also went with a five-day ticket pass. Now, it's not a hopper because I like to plan everything out. I've done hoppers the last two years, but I don't use the hopper for what a hopper is really intended for. Uh, maybe one day I do when the family splits up and wants to go one place and the other. But um, I like to plan. This is No, this is where we're going to go this day. This is where we're going to go that day. And there's a method to my madness. I'll explain in a second. But, okay, with a five-day pass... Um, it was more money. If I broke it down to a four-day pass, so five nights and four days, giving you that one day off to hang around the resort or go to Disney Springs, it did knock the price down like 400 bones, dude. For one day of parks? Oh, for all, for everyone, all, for four tickets? Yes. It, it can't, like after taxes and everything, because it was three-something. Oh, yeah, for, for all of them? Heck yeah, dude. Yeah, but, but once you buy more days, the per day amount gets cheaper and cheaper. It does, but it's still going to knock it off. I mean, if you look at this price wow. here, uh, uh, what was it? A six dayer down to a five day. You know, we looked earlier, it was like $3,000 for, for a six day ticket pass. For five days, it brought it down to that. And I'll tell the, tell the listeners in just a second. Yeah. So you're looking at like 400 bones, dude, hmm. for knocking down just a day. That's like a full price on a ticket. I mean, full price tickets are 110 bucks. So I'm, I'm just saying, wow. you have four people. So that was the difference. And you're looking at the numbers here, and I'll explain to the listeners. They can't see it, but I just don't want to tell you my actual price right. until the very end. It might surprise you guys. All right, so we both but, agree uh, the hopper is not the way to go for us. No, not the hopper. Don't do the hopper. Just plan it out. Um, and, and the thing to do is to, is to do your research. Go on Google. I, I pulled it up just this evening. There are calendars all over the place to tell you what days are best to go to which park. You know, you stay away from certain parks on certain days because statistically they're not good to go to because they're packed. I like the theory of starting and ending your vacation at the Magic Kingdom, but you just simply can't do that if your vacation starts at the beginning of the week because it, Monday is a horrible day to go to the Magic Kingdom. 
Um, and so it was Tuesday. So it was a Friday. It's going to be at its max capacity that time. So I chose not to go to the Magic Kingdom those days, but rather later in the week. Now I do not, I did not sign up for a memory maker. That's an extra hundred dollars. I'm not going to do that. Um, maybe you would now before because you could download those pictures on your account, your Disney account and grab your snipping tool from the computer and save those. That's what I did last year. Remember, and we reported on our podcast a week later when I got back from my trip, they started watermarking all of those pictures and I had just snipped all the pictures on my computer. So literally just a few days before I finally downloaded all those pictures for free because with the photo pass, you can actually, before they started watermarking people, this is why they watermarked or they do now, you could steal those pictures and you're not paying $100. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah, and so after Nick spent his three days in prison, we decided that we were going. No, to- <laughs> it's it's not. You know, you're not going to go. You're not getting in trouble for anything. That's their fault. That's Disney's fault. That's a loophole. And I'll also explain another loophole with the fast passes, where you can actually dictate to Disney without them telling you when you can go on that ride. There's a hiccup in the system, and I don't know if they fixed it since. But when we, when we last went on our trip, I found it my mistake, and I tried it again and again and it worked i got the same outcome wow. uh there's a there is a glitch in the system where you can dictate when you want to take your fast passes so you're able to butt them up side by side by side to knock them out earlier in the day or later on in the day so you have the rest of the day to do what you want hmm. all right now i'll get to that in a second so we have no memory maker I, my disney dining plan is one quick service one sit down one snack we are not flying i am not taking ground transportation so let's get down to what days, where am I at, where am I eating, what rides am I going to be riding on. I'm hitting up, you know, I'm going to get to the parks on Monday. Um, so I'm hitting up Epcot right away because traditionally, statistically, Epcot isn't as traveled on Monday than it is the rest of the week. People are not going to Epcot on a Monday. They're going to the Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios, believe it or not. So I chose Epcot. I am not using my uh, snack um, for breakfast. I'll use it later on in the day, probably for their popcorn because I'm a popcorn connoisseur. Um, I decided that I would eat my lunch. I'd eat a big lunch at Via Napoli. Um, that place has amazing pizza, and so that's where I would choose to eat. But that would be my quick service because you are able to get a quick service at Via Napoli, but it's not the same pizza, by the way. Oh, really? What do they do to it? It's it's not cooked the same way, and so it tastes just a little differently. Oh, just another yeah. way to get you. Yeah, so you really have to use your dining uh, service, you know, right. for that. But um, so we go to Epcot all day long. My rides, I would hit up Soren. I would do a meet and greet for my kiddo so we can meet all the Disney characters and Spaceship Earth. Later on that night, we'd head out to Disney Springs, finish our night at Disney Springs, because let's face it, you can spend really a half a day or three-fourths of your day at Epcot. And so I'd hit Disney Springs that night. It's not too far away. And we would hit up the T-Rex restaurant at Disney Springs. My family and I absolutely love that restaurant. To this day, we swear up and down that is the most bang for your buck. You get a ridiculous amount of food at that place. It tastes really, really good. And it's just by far our experiences the last couple years we've been out there. T-Rex at Disney Springs is the best restaurant on the dining plan. Hands down, I'm dropping the mic. Yeah, so we're at Epcot on your first day and didn't say too much about the World Showcase. And the reason for that, I would imagine, that you didn't say too much about World Showcase is, first of all, there's no attractions out there. But second of all, we're booking two adults, two children. So, you know, you take your loop around World Showcase, Mm -hmm. but other than that... You're spending your time at Future World doing the rides, you know, like you said, with the meet and greets, and then you're out of there. It's a good park to ease your way into your vacation. It's not that much walking around. It's just a loop. That's all you're going to do. 
and then hit up Disney Springs after that, which is another loop. So it's an e- it's a good day to ease your way into the park. Hey, and one more thing is that, you know, I went through my trip and I talked about all the prices because I didn't do dining plan. But you being on this dining plan, you don't have to say how much prices are. You just have to tell us if it's quick serve or table serve. That's right. And by the way, to save money, I would choose to opt out of uh, them sending me magic bands. I would use our old magic bands, by the way, because Disney does charge you for that. Do they deduct that if you ch- if you say no? Mm-hmm. Do they? So uh, you won't have to pay that. So let's see here. Uh, on day two, I would go to Disney Hollywood Studios. So I would eat my breakfast. It would just be a snack. It's not going to be a breakfast. So it would be something like a croissant. I'm a croissant fiend. So I get a croissant and a water or something or milk. And I would eat my breakfast at Pop Century there in the food court. I would have my quick service at Toy Story Pizza. I've always wanted to go there and I have yet to go there. And I want to go there before they tear it down. Because oh, it's coming down. Oh, I know. So I would like to get out there. Um, and then for dinner, I would hit up the Sci-Fi Theater. I like that place. It's a nice place to relax at the end of a day. You've been walking around all day long to escape the heat, the ambiance, the atmosphere. Just it's low, you know, low lighting. You're watching a movie. It's quiet. Dim, so, it's, so you can put the kids to sleep. Exactly. And our child fell asleep last time in the yeah. seat, which was nice. But I would, for my rides, I'm definitely hitting up Star Tours. I'm hitting up the Rock and Roller Coaster. And I would mix and match maybe Star Rock and Roller Coaster uh, with Tower Terror or something like that. So I'd probably do like Star Tours, Rock and Roller Coaster. And I don't know what I would do for the, for the next ride, to be honest with you, with a Fast Pass. There's so many rides that I would not want to go on. I'm kind of just throwing that Fast Pass away, to be honest with you. That's just how I feel at Disney Hollywood Studios. Now, on Wednesday, I would be hitting up the Magic Kingdom because typically, or and statistically, Wednesdays and Thursdays are the best days to hit up the Magic Kingdom. They're not as uh, crowded. I would, again, eat a croissant and some wa- drink some water at uh, Pop Century. I would hit up lunch at the Be Our Guest Restaurant. I love that place. The atmosphere of that place is amazing. The cast members are all in character. That is the one restaurant, Dave, I have to say, where the cast members remain in character the whole entire time. It's a really cool experience for you and the family. I would uh, hit up dinner at the Liberty Tree Tavern. I absolutely, I fell in love with that place my last trip. Uh, that was like my second favorite meal of the whole entire vacation. Yeah. And I looked at that. Are those, is that considered quick service? Um, no, that's a sit down. I don't know if you can do quick service. I don't think you can. That's a sit down restaurant. And but be our guest is a sit down as well, right? Sit. It could be a sit down or a quick service. You can do quick service for the lunch, you, okay. and you can do the sit down for the dinner. So my quick service would be the be our guest restaurant because you got it for lunch. Yes, because you get it for lunch. But you can't sign up on the application for that. You have to go to the website for that. Interesting. So you didn't do that last time. We oh, you know, oh, that's right. So, so was, there's another tip for people out there. If you're wanting to do a uh, quick service, a PR guest, you can do that by going to the website, not the application on your iPad, uh, and then link it to your reservation. You have to have a reservation, by the way, to have that quick service. Well, and I don't think you're getting in that so, place without a reservation for the most it's, part. It's so true. Um, for my rides, I'm definitely hitting Splash Mountain first thing in the morning because it's going to be hot and I want to dry off as quick as I can. So I'm hitting up Splash, I'm going to hit up Seven Dwarfs, and then I'm going to do another meet and greet in Town Square uh, with Mickey, you know, the one who actually, the Mickey that talks to the family and stuff like that. So Colin always loves that, so I'd hit that up. So you actually chose to do Fast Passes with meet and greets as opposed to what I just did with my one breakfast. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, Because a lot of the meet and greets at the breakfast, um, I'll be honest, like like Chef Mickey's, I am not a huge, I I do not like Chef Mickey's. Oh, I love it. You waste your, your fast, or not your fast pass, you waste your uh, dining service there, your, your sit-down, because the food is crap. 
If you go on rib night, it's great. I love the ribs. I, I, we had the yeah. ribs. That oh, was the only thing. That was the only thing that was great. Everything else, we had like Kraft macaroni and cheese, hot dogs, yeah. cold corn. Cold and you got ribs. What do you want? Oh, dude. Yeah. All you need is ribs. That that is true. <laughs> All right. And so finally, let's see here. Am I on Thursday? No. Thursday morning. I have to hit up Ohana's for breakfast. Um, so I'd be hitting up Ohana's for breakfast, waking up early for that. Uh, for lunch, I do a quick service at the Fryer Tuck, and I really want to have, I've never had this before, but I've heard that the pot roast and the mac and cheese is amazing. Really? Yeah, at the Fryer Tuck, so I'm, I'm going to hit that up next time. Better than at the Contemporary at Chef Mickey's, Yeah, It's huh? totally different. It's cooked. <laughs> yes, it is. I've looked into it. Trust me. I've done my research. But... Uh, and um, finally, for dinner, the sit-down, Tony's, Ta- Tony's Town Square, that restaurant right there. Tony's Restaurant, man. Yeah, you know I've never eaten there. That's one on Main Street, right? Oh, dude, it's awesome. Yeah, it's in Town Square. It is amazing. My fast passes for that day would be the Jungle Cruise, Space Mountain, and uh, Big Thunder Mountain. Can't complain with those. So finally on Friday, I'd end the day with an easy park, and you can spend either a half day here or a full day, whatever you want to do. It'd probably be a half day and then hit Disney Springs in the afternoon to buy your last uh, gifts. Yep. You know, for your resort, or excuse me, f- for your trip. Typically, I I think, and maybe I'm just wrong, or I'm just thinking this, or pulling this out of nowhere. It seems like the souvenirs are a little cheaper at Disney Springs. No, it's, same price. It's, are they the same price? It they just seems just like they're a little selection all in one spot. You yeah. go to that world of Disney, and you can some days you can just never find your way out of that place. The biggest Disney store, by the way. Yep. Um, you know, our friend. Pagnotti worked there. Yeah. All right, so I'm hitting up Pop Century yet again for my croissant and water. Yes, I'm boring. I'm going to hit the Flame Tree for my uh, quick service, Flame Tree Barbecue. Hey, good and, and then for dinner, I'm going to the Tusker House. And uh, my quick ser- or excuse me, my fast passes would be Safari, Everest, and Dinosaur, just like you as well. So there is a method to my madness. You know, uh, Epcot on Monday, least uh, trafficked uh, park. Disney Hollywood Studios on Tuesday, Magic Kingdom Wednesday and Thursday, and Animal Kingdom Friday. I looked up, you know, just search on Google, best days to hit the parks, and that that is it right there. During their peak season, the busiest time of the year. So that's why I chose those parks on those days. Now, how much do you think my vacation came up to, Dave? I would imagine it's probably close to the budget. I had a ton packed in there. You're only going to spend $2,610.84. Not bad. For That's... the whole entire trip. Now, if you take off and go from a five-day to a four-day, you're roughly going to spend about twenty-two fifty. Hmm. I'll be interested to see if I if I did dining plan, what mine would be since I didn't do the dining plan. We'll have to get up on the site and, yeah. and we'll have to look that up. But one thing I also want to mention, you know, if I took my military discount, because I am eligible for military discounts as long as I keep passing the PT test every single year, which I have been, Thank goodness. Keep my fingers crossed. The military will still ask for me back for another year and uh, I can get my military discount. So with my military discount, so I was paying twenty six ten, right? And then if you go to a four day park pass instead of five, it's roughly twenty two fifty. Uh, with a military discount, you're looking at $2,088, 62 cents. Yeah, so when we originally got this idea to do this show, Nick said, ah, "How about we do twenty five hundred And I was and I was like, "All right, we'll do it." So we looked it up, and then immediately when Nick realized he, he wasn't using his military discount, we were both like, "Yeah, we probably yeah, spent a little true. more." 
<laughs> so being in the military does help out. So if you're not in, go join. And if you are in, that's a good thing because you do get discounts. You can buy your tickets at whatever military installation you're at, and they're super cheap. You can get up to six tickets, and I think it only costs you like $1,000 for six tickets. It's amazing. And um, you get the mad discount, the 30 or more uh, percent off of your whole, whole entire stay. So I, my family and I, two years ago, I think we spent like $1,700. This past go-around, we spent just over $2,000. It was like 2000 I think it was about $2,088 something dollars. So, but they do go up in price every single year. So it was just under $2,100. So. Yeah, so there's a, there's a third option too. If you don't want to join the military... Yep. Um, just become friends with somebody that's in the military and then go to the parks with them and they can buy tickets and you can take advantage of Oh, that's of that. right, because I've done that for you. That's right. When we went to Disneyland, we yeah. got, dude, what did we get? We got three-day hopper oh, passes for $96. Yeah, it was under $100 yeah. for three days and that was the greatest. Oh, ever. that was awesome. The look on my face when we bought those tickets was probably I remember like to this day, you're like mouth dropped. You're staring at me. Are you serious? But uh, no, that's what I would spend. You know, there is a method to this madness. We took our vacation at the busiest time of the year, peak season. And uh, so, you know, all these prices are also going to differ, Dave, depending upon the type of experience that you want on your Disney vacation. Are you looking for that family atmosphere lounging around the resorts? You know, are you a little older and you're slowing down? You're going to stay at those resorts uh, more so than the younger kiddos that are going to go out to the parks and stuff like that. So your your vacation, depending upon your style um, that, of vacation you want to take, that money is going to differ as well. Yeah, and you know, there's a ton of different planners out there that will just give it all out to you. But like I said, Nick and I think that this is the fun of the trip is knowing exactly what you're getting yourself into. And then every day you can tell your family, oh, well, you know, 40 days from now, we're going to be doing this, this, and this. And so I, I think that's kind of the coolest part of this whole thing is being able to plan these out. And so that's why Nick and I, you know, Neither of these trips are going to be used, so if you want to use them, go for it, folks, because Nick and I just did this on a whim and decided that we'd sit down and, and, and plan out our trips you know, and, and not use them, but hey, that's what we love to do. And we've planned so many of these that you know, I seriously whipped this out, what, in like 15 minutes or something like that? Not even that. The, the trip he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so check this out. Last week you know, or a couple weeks ago, we reported on Disney Commission and how Disney was taking 10%. And uh, from down from 16% paying off the travel agent down to 10%. And we could only assume that Disney's going to pocket that extra 6%. On this Disney vacation that I was talking about, if you go on Nick's trip, which I think is the better trip. <laughs> no, it all depends what type of experience you want. Uh, the Disney commission on this for a travel agent was $242.02. What would be nice is, you know, Disney would rather you book the trip because they get to keep that money. I would suggest never going through a travel agent. It's so silly, easy to book your own Disney vacation nowadays with the tools that they have online. The travel agent, okay, listen to me right now, listeners. The travel agent is going to do the exact same thing you're doing online. They're pulling up the exact same websites. They're doing the exact same thing. They're calling the same people. Why let them steal your money and take the $242, you know? (laughs) Because you can do it yourself. But, you know, regardless, again, I say that, but you're going to end up paying that extra $242 anyway because it's going to go straight back to Disney. It would be nice if Disney would send you a refund and say, hey, thanks for booking this trip. Here's $242.02. Yeah, but they won't. That's never going to happen. And, you know, the, the good thing about doing it through a travel agent is you can say, here are the things I want to do and just list them off. And then the travel agent has the burden of calling that's and true. checking fast passes all the time and stuff like that. That's true. So, yeah, I mean, if you have the ability to, if you know somebody that you trust as a good travel agent, you 
you can say, these are the things I want to do. Here's where I want to stay. Make it happen for me. Or you can just call us. You know, we'll, we'll be more than willing to uh, help you out. You can text us or, or give us a tweet. We've done, we're pros at this. And I see that's why I'm saying, you know, don't go through a travel agent. I guess it also depends on how many vacations have you booked yourself, you know, through Disney. So we've done this quite enough to where we know what's going on. Shoot, dude, we could probably tell the travel agents what to do in this case. Yeah, so. probably no doubt on that. So anywho, so again, hey, let's wrap this up. I just want to say thanks for listening to, again, the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears. The Mouse Capades podcast with Nick and Dave. I think it's that time, Dave. Peace. Peace. Have a magical day.